Welcome to Optimus Prime Time, more than meets your ears. My name is Craig Mahoney. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Justin Murray. Justin, how the heck are you? Oh, just magnificent, Craig. How's everybody doing out there? This is a another slightly drinking podcast as we're uh, recording at night again. So, uh, having a little bit, a little bit of a, a little bit of a bubbly along with the uh, Transformers rundown. It's gonna be a lot of fun, guys. Ultimate Doom, <laughs> ultimate bubbly. booze. It's a good night. Yeah, I'm having champagne. <laughs> <laughs> is that why? Is that, is that you're feeling extra extra classy tonight? Is that why you use the term magnificent? Magnificent's not a word that gets used a lot, and I like it. Yeah, no, listen, I'm drinking. It's a great word. It's a classy champagne. word. Yeah, I'm drinking some three hundred dollars champagne tonight with my podcast. I bought it for myself just to enjoy the podcast. So that's not true at all. It's it's uh, budget tequila. But anyway, let's keep budget that. <laughs> tequila. <laughs> I would right. love it if that was the actual name. <laughs> I might start that. It's uh, it's called Exotico, which is essentially budget tequila. But you know, it's good. It's good stuff. Well, no, nice exotico. Uh, oh wait, so I just looked up <laughs> the word budget in Spanish <laughs> is pre presupuesto. Oh, that doesn't roll off the tongue at all. All right, but well, I don't care. I would love to call it presupuesto tequila. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have a we have people, awesome... would, people would think it was fancy. So here we are. All right. So before we get into it, just a reminder again to please, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, to rate and review. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash OPT podcast, Instagram uh, at OPT podcast. Follow along. We're posting uh, in addition to getting news about when the new episodes drop. Uh, I'm an artist. I draw and paint Transformers and we'll post that stuff. And we're doing little memes and other pictures and all sorts of um, fun things like that. So uh, be part of it. Let's let's get a little gang, a little uh, OPT community going on here. Just yeah. a bunch of old nerds clinging desperately <laughs> to childhood as their bodies fall apart and get rounder and fatter and <laughs> that's fine look i never looked better and if they would make something as good as transformers in 1984 i would stop complaining so you know what i mean like it's not my fault i think it's everybody else's fault so this is where this is an exciting three episodes set here ah it's awesome ah, the first uh, multi-epi the most multi-part episode we've had since the beginning of the show which is awesome and um, pretty much the last one until we get to uh season four or three through season three after the one right after um the movie when they do the yes. five phases of darkness. Um, this is this is the last. This is really the last time we have a legit arc, uh, mm -hmm. and and you know and, and an arc of ill. And uh, yes, my favorite, <laughs> but the only human I've ever liked on the show, uh, Doctor Arcaville. He's awesome. Uh, so we are here with episode eleven, the ultimate doom. Dude, starts one. off great. Um, we get the, It's weird because it starts off on location, if you will, in India, uh, and they show the <laughs> Maharaja about to give uh, give the gift of solar energy to his people. Um, and the uh, Maharaja apparently is from Ireland. He's from uh, Belfast. He looks very Irish, very ginger. He looks like, he looks like Tormund Giantsbane from <laughs> Game of Thrones. He does. Maharaja. He's Eric the Red. He couldn't be whiter. This guy, <laughs> just white, 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 white. Yeah, there's a, it was from the, you know, the Malabar coast. Apparently, it's actually for those of you who don't, it is a real place, southwest uh, coast of India, and um, apparently was uh, much like Ireland. And uh, Dublin was at one point uh, attacked and and then founded and settled by the Norse, according to this <laughs> what this Maharaja looks like. Just one of many many 
iffy racist racial yeah. cultural depictions on Transformers. And he's a very he's pretty jacked. He works out, uh, and he's decided to give his his people the gift of solar energy because he built a bunch of solar panels in the ocean. Which yeah, he's know, got about like listen. a dozen or two solar panels, which should be enough to power that giant computer he's using. <laughs> yeah, just just about enough. So really not doing too much this guy. And I love the fact that his palace is apparently just like it's it's all it is is just one giant room mm-hmm. and, and him on this huge huge computer. Yeah. That, that hugely literally hugely, takes all those solar panels to power. Hugely philanthropic as a leader for India's caste system. I mean, really this guy is giving power away to for free. It's it's pretty incredible. And who shows up to fuck it up? But the goddamn oh. Sons. Oh, these Seekers, just like every other episode, they're coming up to steal some power. And the Autobots think the same thing, so they go out there to trash them up. Again, again this is this just goes right back to my you know, Decepticons a street gang theory, where they just spend like the entire series just going and knocking places over to steal their shit. Exactly. But this is, yeah. in this episode, it's intentional. Um, there, there's a little bit of a plan here. There's some subterfuge. That's a pretty good plan. Maybe the best Decepticon plan until the uh, movie, I think. I'm trying to think of a better one, but this might be the best one. I do like the big tower in New York City, but we'll get there when we get there. Uh, but this was a pretty effective. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of subterfuge in this episode. So Optimus Prime uh, and his cohort show up. Of course, uh, Wheeljack has uh, fitted them all with water skis so they can drive High across the planes, ocean. Which is great. And that's... Sure. Uh, it's uh, well, are they are they going across the are they literally going all the way across the ocean? It's because yeah. we're assuming that they are where in like Washington State, and then they're going to the southwest coast of India. Yeah, just uh, drive. <laughs> just yeah, it's like uh, it's like thirty forty five minutes. You know, you get yourself a soda. It's fine. You know, it's just you hit there are because because I I you know I'm a, a science minded guy. I'm a literal type of guy, and I, I like I like knowing things. I like knowing facts. I was like, what's this Malabar coast? There are. <laughs> Uh, islands, very much like like uh, well, Coney Island is not exactly an island. Uh, it's not an island at all, actually. Not at all, yeah. But it's, a, but it's a little like like Long Beach Island off of Jersey, or if you know uh, Seabright on the Jersey Shore, where I'm from, where it is this long. They have a couple of long islands, like like Long Island in New York, <laughs> like a very <laughs> Long Island that like borders, you know, right on the border of the main one, where there's a little extra body of water between that piece of land and the mainland. So you could say. If you really wanted to, uh, you know, justify this, that the Autobots were on that island and then just hydroplaned across that to get to the, uh, but I don't think that's what they're thinking. I think the Autobots yeah, just probably not. But circumnavigated hey, the, the world. Right, but for the one listener we have who loves geology and loves Transformers, <laughs> congratulations, man. Yeah. Uh, for everybody else, sorry about that. So for, just, for everyone else who knows the difference between <laughs> geology and geography. Uh, well, it's geology because <laughs> you're talking about island formation, Craig. But if you want to get uh, – it's also ge- geometry. Whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> listen. Um, so they're, they're, they, the, the Autobots show up. They've, they've water skied all the way there. Apparently, all you need to do to have an 18-wheeler drive across the ocean is throw some skis on them. It's not a problem at all. Know. No. Yep, we do get uh, some nice Sunstreaker in this episode, and he gets a couple lines right off the bat, so we know that Sunstreaker is in this episode. He's going to be a character. The, the one part where they really show that he's um, a they, vain they, asshole. They, he's a metrosexual. He's <laughs> basically he's the metrosexual <laughs> transformer, and this they they squeeze all of that uh, characterization into a few lines in this episode, pretty much. Which is fair because he is the most expensive automobile tied with his brother. Uh, on the entire show. Uh, and the color he's painted. I mean, if you're a bright yellow paint job, you really do have to be careful. I mean, that, yeah, exactly. honestly. A bright yellow paint job before clear coat was invented. He's got a pretty good point. So they drive over there. They start beating up the Seekers. 
Um, everything Norm, seems Gun- kind of... Norm Gunderson can get you a nice deal on that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, the clear code. And uh, <laughs> so they drive over there, and it's it's going like every other episode so far. Skywarp wants to murder the human. Uh, Optimus Prime shoots a rope out of his hand somehow and takes the human. Yeah! What? Like, uh, all of a sudden, like, and, yeah. and it's barely noticeable. Like, I had to rewatch it three times and it's almost really pause quick. it. It's yeah. You have to almost watch it frame by frame to realize that Optimus <laughs> shoots a lasso out of his hand. And uh, yeah. lassos the Maharaja, and, and then yanks him to safety which amazingly did not like cut him in half no and then they and then they apparently dig in and just have like a uh like trench-based warfare kind of thing where they both dig in on opposite sides of this very small room and just fire at each other over and over again now at this point of the show all we've ever seen is the decepticons attack a power source or the facility of some type and then the fucking autobots show up and beat the shit out of them and every time it's been pretty straightforward uh, they're going there to steal energy maybe steal uh, but the the Autobots just show up and kind of more try to like stop steel stealers. Steal that steel stealing steel. Uh, so uh, it all seems to be going according to plan. But then they cut back to the Autobot base and we see that Soundwave is just hanging out no. outside. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> just chilling outside, standing around. And I gotta say, this is a really good time to mention uh, that the Ark would be much better served if they just had a fucking door. Why don't they have a door? Uh, also, also as, as, we, as we see in a few moments, a ceiling as well. Yeah, no doors, no ceiling. It's just an empty hobble. It's a hole in a mountain. You put a door in that thing, you solve a lot of problems, but they don't put a door in it. So, uh, or, or a guard, a, a security, like nothing. some sort of tripwire. Not even a camera. <laughs> they, have a, they have a four million year old supercomputer that just couldn't give a shit. So, uh, With Soundwave, its own spy satellite. Yeah, it's crazy. So Soundwave sends in Rumble, who is blue, uh, and he starts... Knocking up the base, and then the Decepticons are like, oh, shit, it kind of feels like Rumble just walked in the door and started fucking everything up. And they're right, he did. Uh, and then it turns out, long story short, it's all a diversion. So they send in Rumble, send in Frenzy, they send in Laserbeak, and they're kind of all causing these distractions. And you realize it well, was the, all... Well, the attack, the, the, the attack at the Maharaja's uh, palace was a diversion to get the Autobots out there so that the Soundwave and Rumble could come in and kidnap Sparkplug. Yeah, but even, even Rumble's just oh, there Laserbeak. to draw attention. So Laserbeak yeah. can fly off a spark plug. It was uh, a diversion within a diversion. So smart this episode, dude. And I'm telling you, I think they hired the one smart person on Earth, and that really helps out the Decepticons in this episode. But they steal spark plug. They fly back. Uh, shockingly, the Autobots are like, oh, the Decepticons just left. That seems strange. <laughs> Optimus is like, that doesn't seem right at all. No, no. Okay. Um, well, Optimus gets a little, he, he, find, he feels like there's something weird going on back at headquarters because his tits glow. Yeah, his tits start lighting up pretty good. His uh, his D cups start light so glowing. The yeah. first time, I, the first and last time, I believe we ever see that we're optimistic. Yeah. Tits light. There's a lot of tit action going on in this. Yeah, they have a uh, like a smart home alarm system that lights up out of Optimus' <laughs> chest, um, and then all of them are like, "Oh wait, the base is under attack." It's That's been four. Funny. It's been four million years. Clearly, he's going through menopause. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Optimus Prime, very grumpily and very sweatily, tries back home and complains the whole way. One could only assume. And, uh, and uh, then we also show, get to uh, wait. I forgot. There's some good double entendres in this because uh, there's a great Optimus talking uh, line where he's talking about pulling out, and a great, uh, I think, jazz line or somebody else's. Uh, they, they always want to do some motorboating or something like that, which was. Oh yeah. I enjoyed hearing. Like, like, like the twelve-year-old, like the twelve-year-old I am. Exactly. Um, there's a so lot of there's a lot of animation mistakes in this episode too. Holy so shit! Many. So many. There's a lot of like 
uh, Seeker's talking and you realize that it's not some it's not it's not the guy's voice. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a Skywalk talking and Starscream's voice comes out. It's a ton of that shit. Uh, I don't again, know if it's this voice, if it's this episode or the next episode, but one of the two has a shot where you literally see. Uh, Thundercracker changed the Skywarp's colors within the same shot. Like, as he's <laughs> moving from left to right, he changes color. But, yeah, you hear Starscream's voice come out of Skywarp. There's oh, yeah. um, a, 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 a scene coming up where, where, you know, Megatron is, like, hovering in the air and, like, levitates slowly back to the ground because mm-hmm. I guess whoever was shooting the cell on top of the background was not really was <laughs> yeah, drunk that sh- day. I don't know. <laughs> so we come back to the base and we see that uh, – Megatron basically hanging out with this guy, Ockerville, who's just, uh, as far as we know, is a man with a hat and a creepy arm. That's all we know about him so far. And, uh, we know we know, we, we know, he's a scientist and a genius because he has the high-tech head device. Yes, and the arm. With, with and the, the arm. Key. Yes, that's, that, that is the, the key signifier to stupid eight-year-olds everywhere in 1984. Yep. That this man is a genius who knows technology, because clearly he got something. He he basically put like a like a lawnmower engine on his head with a couple of spark plugs sticking out. Yeah, it's horrific. It's the spaghetti hat from uh, from Ghostbusters, just not uh, tongue Yeah, he's Louis Tully. They do. They do. That's how we know he's a genius. Exactly, and they do have Megatron say pretty much immediately, "We'll get you more subjects." So whatever we know about this guy, he's and and the crazy hair and the lab coat, and the crazy hair and the lab coat. And uh, in the second episode, he gets struggling like a chimpanzee, but that's different. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, But oh uh, yeah, I know it's bad. Uh, They show him. They show basically to have Megatron kind of describe that he thinks Sparkplug is stupid, annoying, and uh, he should only be fit to be a slave. Which I gotta say, I kind of agree with. Uh, Sparkplug's been pretty useless on the show. He's really uh. He couldn't even really help make the Dinobots. He doesn't really do anything, much of anything. I don't really know He's, why. He is either this incredibly smart, capable guy who's traveled the world and worked yes. all these places and, and worked on an oil rig and worked in the, the ruby mines of Burma or whatever <laughs> and, can, yeah. and can repair high-tech, sentient, giant robots from another planet. You know, just get in there um, and does that again in, the, in this episode. Uh, but he's also an idiot. I don't yeah, complete fool, literally holding an instruction manual sort of upside so down. Two episodes he couldn't read an instruction manual about how to make Dinobots, which uh, two, two, in this show, making Dinobots is slightly episode, harder than making a sandwich. He couldn't even pronounce the name of the dinosaurs. No, he really couldn't. He, he never heard of a stegosaurus. He thought it was a crazy term that space people say. He's a moron. So uh, they kind of enslave him, or at least they imply they do. Well, the whole point, no, no he is. He's a, in, in fact, the, the term, mind, it's not just a slave, mindless slave. Mindless point, slave. It's never just slave. He's a mindless slave. Casey Kasem doing great voice work as Dr. Arkaville. Um And by the way, we get another Casey Kasem as Cliff Jumper doing a countdown in this uh, episode, oh, yeah. which happens a lot. And uh, and then again in the movie, I think it was one of the last times. And speaking, you know, it's odd you know, because we talk about the racist depiction of the Maharaj in the beginning of this movie. Casey Kasem ultimately leaves the show because they did a... Um, the way they depicted a Lebanese leader later on in the series, Casey Kasem was Lebanese, did not appreciate that and ultimately yeah. left. Yeah, which I'm sure was perfectly sure fine with racist Indian depictions. Yeah, but I'm sure the I'm sure Peruvian the time, depictions. But 
<laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure in like 1984 they were just like Lebanese. It's one of those Middle Eastern countries. They like war, right? Let's just put them in there. Let's do that. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty but much. Yeah, they gave KCK some uh, the the countdown. But he does a great job as Doctor Arkaville here, and he talks about mm-hmm. making him a mindless slave. And mindless slave. Puts the hypnochip on the back of Spark plugs here. That's which the is... whole point is to make an army of these slaves. And their whole point is they're going to build something for the Decepticons. That because why else? Why would these giant space robots be? Uh, why would they give a shit about enslaving humans? Yeah, unless no, they exactly. need them for a job. Yep, exactly. Which they do. Um, so they get this thing going here. Uh, he's nicely enslaving this idiot, which is great for everybody involved. Um, and I love the shot just before the um, where they do the close up of him with that stupefied look on his face just before they cut the commercial. He looks very Bob Hoskinsy, like a very young Bob Hoskins. <laughs> this episode. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's very weird they show him. Now they show after this, after they show him being a mind slave idiot like he should be, uh, they have a very quick conversation showing Megatron talking to Shockwave. Uh, and it's it's weird because it's they're clearly talking about something in secret, but they're it's just secret to the audience. So they're like, well, this is, this, like, this this actually shows up. No, that scene shows up a little later. Uh, what happens here is first they got to test spark plug and see if he really is evil and not on the Decepticon side. So they bring out an Optimus Prime uh, model. Yes, a life-size functioning Optimus Prime model. <laughs> so, so, so many questions. So many questions. First of all, uh, why did they make a life-size Optimus Prime model? Second of all, how does it work? It seems to walk around and, uh, and move around. Third of all, uh, from the sound of it falling down, it sounds like it's very heavy. So fourth of all, how the fuck is uh, Sparkplug able to just tackle Sparkplug him? Sparkplug just but, tackles this and, this awful. Yes, and sixth of all, uh, Starscream, in the, wearing his Skywarp costume, is like, <laughs> holy shit, fucking Optimus Prime is here. So A, he's just double-downing how stupid he is, but also, like, he doesn't know that they've made a pretend Optimus Prime for training purposes. So, so many questions... So many questions. Me- Megatron keeps a lot of keeps a lot of secrets from his yeah, people. Just like see weird. It. So it's a it's, it's a very elaborate. I mean, I can only imagine how many uh, how many months it took to construct a fake working Optimus Prime so they could then test his theory out. But he does so, tackle Optimus Prime. So that so that uh, Johnny Dadbod here could just go and tackle him by wrapping his arms around one of his ankles. Yep. Exactly. Um, so that happens, and that's the big confirmation for all the kids. Oh my God, he is evil. Um, by the way, I do have to say that the art in this episode is horrific. Uh, <laughs> we do see it, we see Prowl coming up with a plan to rescue them, and his head is all out of proportion. Uh, the one thing I will say, Craig, I don't know if you noticed this, is an, is an art man yourself, uh, but they did make an effort to draw Megatron like the original toy in this episode, which they don't. In other ones, he has the two uh, little slots in the back of his legs for his stock and his gun mode. He's got a uh, different coloration on his legs. Overall, his, like and his, Megatron, and his fusion can on his arm is different. It's smaller. Yes, exactly, which is very much like the toy. Yeah. So this strikes me as one of those episodes where they formed it out to a different studio for the first time, and that studio was kind of using the toy model. So Megatron is the most noticeable one by far. He's definitely like drawn more like his toy. Like you said, his cannon is about half the size of what it normally is, so it looks pretty yeah. ridiculous. Uh, but the art is just not great. Uh, some well, there's so many, so many animation mistakes that I'm wondering oh, if they yeah. it, it is a three parter, and I'm just wondering if they didn't just basically do all three parts on a one episode budget. <laughs> I think it, it does seem that way, especially because it, as we get towards the end of the episode, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, a lot of crazy stuff to animate that you can't recycle. But at this point, um, uh, Prowl says he's got a great plan. Prowl's very, very complicated plan is that everyone dives into the water. 
Wow. No, no, no. It's well, no, he has, he has, it actually is the Autobots, both the Autobots and Decepticons have pretty good plans. And by the no, way, the other, the other great yeah. animation. I got disagree with you here, Craig. The other way, hang on. The other great, they, they're, they're both, they're, <laughs> both plans rely on using diversions and also a complete lack of security in the Autobot and Decepticon bases. But before we get to that, the other, the other huge animation mistake is, um, when Megatron's talking to Shockwave and as he levitates down, uh, obviously there was, there was an, you know, the animation on Shockwave and then the effects animation on like the sort of snow raster effect of the monitor behind him. And, uh, you know, when they animate that, they do it like with a cutout of where they think the, 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 the character is going to be, but it won't, but, but Shockwave moves and yep. the outline doesn't, <laughs> you just see this weird, it's horrible. Yep. You'll know. This, you... is the, this is the conversation where they're sort of talking around this large cargo. They're going to put through the space bridge, but yes. they don't say it, which makes no and sense. And Dr. Archibald is listening and he wants to know what's going on. And again, this is yes. Megatron making plan and not telling every, and, and from what we've seen, cause we saw, we saw, who is it? Um, was the Thundercracker and Starscream getting into it on the elevator? Oh uh, yeah. Very important. It's th- Starscream and Skywarp. Skywarp. And they're fighting, right. By the way, I mean, like, is there any fucking doubt now? Is there any goddamn doubt that Skywarp is the best seeker? I mean, how many episodes does he have to be promoted? He's always he's always down with Megatron. He's always down with a plan. You know, Thunderwarps, uh, Thundercracker is fucking turning turning to Autobot's side just on a whim, and fucking Starscream is obviously a disaster. So Skywarp is clearly the best seeker. Um, but yeah, you see that. You see him uh, saying Megatron's plan is awesome. Sky, Skywarp is loyal. He loves Megatron. But he's got a point. It's a great What we see, we we see in these last few episodes that is the infighting of the Decepticons. They can't be trusted. So Megatron never tells anybody his complete plan. So it is, it it is um, believable that Starscream would not know that there was an Optimus model hiding in the closet. Yes. Now, so the (laughs) uh, Prowl's genius. No, wait, no. So Archiville overhears. Megatron talking to Shockwave about this oh, yeah. mysterious cargo and wants to know what it is. And Megatron's like, shut your pie hole. <laughs> I'll, let you know when you, I'll let you know when I want you to let you know. And so now we go back to the Autobots and Prowl has this yeah. plan. And and it what is pretty it weird, by the way. It's him, it's him driving up to a cliff over the ocean where he drives like pretty much off the cliff. Over the, again, another animation mistake. He's like half hovering off the thing and then finally transforms. And yes, the Autobots all dive into the ocean. Optimus right. Quite gracefully, very <laughs> really, gracefully. The form in his dive is. His, I do have to say, because this will come up throughout the three-parter, that like Megatron tells Archiville that like he's basically Archiville's like, well, you're going to destroy my planet with this plan. So he explains the plan. He basically says that they're going to transport Cybertron to Earth's atmosphere. Well, it's I don't think he tells him this yet. I think it's later. Uh, yes, on. he did. He does, Craig, because otherwise oh. there's no fucking point of <laughs> why would why would the Doctor know his planet's fucked if he didn't explain the plan to him? So he's he's telling him that, and then Archiville's like, "Well, that's gonna destroy my planet." And then uh, Megatron basically says, "Tough shit." And very strangely, it never becomes a problem again. Uh, and the next two or three, in the next two episodes, Archiville never seems to have a problem with the fact that his his planet's gonna be shit. He says, "All I'll be all I'll have to rule over is a dying world," and he says, "Yes." So it's very odd. Uh, Archival's entire motivation for the next two parts are sort of thrown in the trash right here, but he does continue to go along with the plan. It is very odd that he just gets told his, his planet's going to be trashed in the process. And then, as Craig said, then we, we cut the Prowl. They're diving into the water. Um, and then the genius plan that Prowl came up with is while they're doing a headfirst assault, which is their only strategy they ever have, um, they have the minibots kind of tunnel below the ocean, and then That's why I think it's a good plan. I think you know, the the, the main Autobots good... were going in there to, to to draw the Decepticons out so that the Minibots could go underneath, tunnel underneath, and get into the base and, and grab a spark plug and rescue them. 
Oh, that's true. They do sneak into the base. That's right. I thought they drew fire. So yeah, that's so it's a, it's yeah. not the worst plan. That's not the it's worst a, plan. It, they basically, it's the Decepticons and the Autobots had the exact same plan. They, they said sure, one yeah. force as a diversion to draw them out, and then the other force goes in to the highly unguarded base and steals spark plug. It's literally the same plan, just done That's two true. different ways. And then they punch the wall not to collapse. No, no, no. Um, Cliff Jumper uses his glass gas. Oh, the glass gas. Crystallize the, the floor of the Decepticon base, and... um. They, cl- they climb through the bottom, and amazingly, the ocean does not rush in and completely fill the chamber. I don't know if that's if there was a force field involved. Trailbreaker wasn't there. I have no idea. But they just get to climb out, and yeah, the, 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 for some oh, reason, it doesn't they, flood. You mean when they come up through the bottom? Yeah. Oh well, actually, Craig, there's some here's some science lessons for you. Because the inside of the Decepticon ship is pressurized, it actually keeps as a as a barrier to keep that water from flowing up into the base. Now you'll notice. When uh-huh. later on in the episode, when Braun punches a hole in the wall, it starts flowing in. And that's yes. because the pressure is not enough to keep both of those things out. And the no, pressure shit. is such it's going to, you go. if you if you're on the side, it won't keep anything out. But if you go on the bottom, it will, because the pressure is also a force of gravity. So it's going to kind of keep it down. So that's why. And that's actually how they do habitats in real life. If you go to a deep sea habitat, it's the same thing. It's a pressurized environment with a little swimming pool that you kind of swim up into and go into the facility. So strangely <laughs> enough. They this is shit right. with with my with my interests and the stuff that I'm into and read about a lot. I should have known that already, but I didn't. It's a pretty good but one, there yeah. is, But there is a great. Well, they do because you do see it actually when they when they first um, tunnel up into you do see the the water rush into the tunnel that mm-hmm. that they were digging and Braun with a great line of everyone into the pool. I like that line. I think it's a very yeah, good Braun line. Yeah. Um, but they got they got double. What is it? A quadruple cross? What do you call it? Because I don't know. Well, well Doctor Archiville is not at, at all upset that they got that they got sparked. No, he doesn't give a shit. Because he's like, sh- now my mindless slave is in the midst of the Autobot headquarters. By the way, but I also, do like how for some reason Megatron was waiting for the Autobots when they show up. You know, like and I love that he was just hanging out, standing behind a rock on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Well, this is. The cool thing about this whole part is it implies, first of all, it's all part of the Decepticons' plan. They want the Autobots to take Sparkplug back to their base so he can sabotage the shit out of them. Um, at the same time, you see that uh, Megatron is actually more confident confiding in this human than he is in any of his troops. He doesn't tell Starscream or anyone else what the whole plan is. That's why Starscream is trying to stop them from escaping, and Archibald's like, hey, idiot, fucking let him go. So the whole point of this is that the, Decept- the Autobots come in and take Sparkplug and bring him back to their base. Um, and old Mark Megatron only told Archiville, which is pretty amazing because this is the well, I think apparently. he's the only one he, he views as not a threat. I think so, too. Uh, and I think it's, it's very interesting. I wish they would do more with this in the old school Marvel comics. They do more issues on like Megatron's kind of relationship and views of humanity um, in the cartoon. He's just like, you know, they're just pieces of shit. But this is the only time he works with them. And it is kind of interesting to see an evil human with, you know, Megatron because they do. Have I think it's there. There's there's what there's one other episode. I think it's another two parter where Megatron mm-hmm. works with it. Was it Burger or that guy where they take over the city or some shit? Yeah. And then there's the the people that make Nightbird, which is kind of not evil per se, but kind yeah. of. Um, but yeah. yeah, this is it's very interesting. So I do like this part. and I do like the whole double double cross. Um, they do bring Sparkplug back. Uh, then you see the Decepticons being told like it's not a problem. This is they show a great part where Starscream challenges Megatron, which he's been doing the entire goddamn show. Yeah, and, and, and we'll continue to do. Yes, but for some reason this time Megatron just fucking punches him out, and he's like, "Bitch, <laughs> one more time and you're dead." And then you see Starscream. Yeah, like, okay. Like, today I went too far. 
Today yeah, was the day I went too far. Yeah. <laughs> pretty fucking hilarious. So I guess you just had enough of shit. Um, but so then we you cut, cut back, back to the Ark, the Autobot mm-hmm. headquarters, and uh, the Autobots are there getting repaired. Getting just, just you know, some uh, not not really repaired, but just uh, tuned up and you know, cleaned up after their battle by Ratchet and uh, Sparkplug. And Sparkplug, we see, is going on and looking to uh, sabotage the Autobots. And Ratchet's like, hey, what the fuck are you going over and messing around with this guy for? He's fine. You don't need to do that. Um, but he does it anyway, and he goes to, to, to fix Optimus. And Ratchet's like, you don't need to fix Optimus. And all of a sudden, uh, Optimus gets a blast in his tit. Another tit shot. Yeah, another tit shot. And well, all of a sudden we see Megatron there, and uh, we we never hear the blast through the side of the wall. We just see Megatron standing there in this hole he apparently blasted in the side of the the wall of the Ark, and um, and then the the, the Decepticons are there. <laughs> yeah, which is this is man. It's such a bummer to me. So this next sequence is great because, like, you know, uh, Sparkplug has successfully sabotaged the base and the Decepticons are there. And you're watching and you're like, awesome. Let's see what happens. And the Decepticons get in and they get a point of their guns at everybody's head. And they're ready to fucking throw down. And then the uh, stupid Spike turns on the fire deterrent system, which Megatron informs us uh, puts out a fire retardant foam, which completely destroys their electronics. That's right, folks. The 30-foot-tall Decepticons that turn into planes and guns and who just had a and, Who just had an underwater battle in saltwater. Literally, underwater and saltwater. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, this is going to ruin our circuitry. Skywarp, my man, my main man, obviously the best speaker. Skywarp uh, is like, hey, um, just because our guns don't work, can't we just smash them into paste? Which he's fucking right, dude. Like, oh, my God. But then Decepticon, uh, uh, Megatron's like, no. We're going to be permanently damaged. They hit well, we find out how did the Decepticons sneak in. Uh, Bumblebee wonder, wonders if Teletran 1's uh, beta biodes aren't working. And by the way, biode, not a word. I... <laughs> biode, not a word. Bios would have been incredibly ahead of their time. Yeah, yeah. But no. <laughs> but uh, And we find out that, that Sparkplug, not a, and one of the reasons the Autobots couldn't fight back is because Sparkplug, uh, apparently with, within like whatever, however many minutes since they got back from their battle, Sparkplug found the time to go and... Uh, literally sabotage every single one of their guns and rifles and yep. Teletran 1 and turn off the alarm system so that the Decepticons can come in. And we find this out because Spike trips over nothing and then, look back, and then looks back and we see it's uh, Sparkplug's wrench. But in the animation, they never actually show the animation of, the, no. uh, of, of Spike tripping. There is, no, there is nothing there. You don't see him. But even if there was, like, for him to trip the way he did over a fucking wrench, it, the wrench has to be, like, the size of a piece of furniture. But anyway, uh, and he sees, he's like, oh, Dad's wrench. Oh, Dad fucked up Teletran 1. What's going on? Mm-hmm. It's pretty and fucking crazy. He, he, confronts, he confronts Sparkplug, and we get a very uh, sort of Darth Vader-y moment where Sparkplug admits he's with the Decepticons and says, come, we can rule the galaxy together. And, uh, you know, in a, in a very Empire Strikes Back moment. And then, uh, you know, Spike says, no, I can't. I'm a, I'm a good guy and I'm not going to join the bad guys. And then Sparkplug basically says, uh, in, a, in an Anakin Skywalker Revenge of the Sith moment, says, uh, no, if you're, well, then, you, then you're my enemy. Yep, then you're my enemy. <laughs> and it's, just, like, uh, it's either this episode or next episode where he tries to call him dad. And then he's like, don't call me that. Ever I, again. <laughs> I think it's the next episode. Ah, it's, it's my favorite quote of the whole series. It's so great. The next, anyway. uh, the, the next two episodes is a lot of events. Spike, I mean, uh, yeah, Spike gets put through a lot emotionally. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. He's definitely crazy. Um, explains a lot about the movie. Um, <laughs> so now what we have is um, 
yeah, so for some reason, oh, the fire retardant foam. That's why the Decepticons are true. Right, and then and then they fix the sky spy satellite thing. So now they, but the minute the the by the time the Autobots are all repaired, they check on the satellite thing. They see that the uh, Decepticons are huddled around the space bridge, and whatever they're up to, it's no good. So they're like, we have to go there and stop them from doing yeah, whatever because, that well, is. Yeah, because we see, well, yeah, we see the space bridge and Optimus. I mean, Megatron's talking a shockwave, and at this point, there's a shot of shockwave, which again, speaking of tits, he's got like a Manny Van Doren chest. It's like mm-hmm. his chest usually sticks out pretty far, but in this part, it's like it's like ridiculous. It's like you know, just huge double H's hanging out there. Oh yeah, and uh. But I, I don't I don't know the point of the Decepticons attack because they could have pulled off their plan without ever going yeah. to the Ark unless they just wanted to take the Autobots out and then do their plan. It is a weird I, scene does... basically to get them all fighting together because you're right. I mean, like this is the the Autobots kind of like intercept them right outside there and then they're fighting. You see a real quick shot of Optimus catching up to Megatron as he's crawling towards something. And then you hear Megatron tell Optimus, hey, if you stop me right now, uh, Cybertron is going to be doomed. I'm trying to save Cybertron. For some reason, that well, no, because well, oh, so wait, well, that's at the end, the very end. But what happened? No, I'm, I'm yeah. just talking about. I don't know why the Decepticons attacked the Autobot base when they could have just let Sparkplug go and sabotage shit, and then while he's doing that, they could just go and get the damn space bridge up and running. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't understand that. So anyway, so they get the space bridge, and there's three pylons, and they're and they're forming like a uh, triangle, and it's going to bring Cybertron to the earth because apparently uh it'll cause a whole bunch of shit to go nuts and then we'll somehow create energy somehow megatron can turn that into fuel like yeah apparently it's pretty turn- important because he does he, they do have a point where obviously if you put a fucking new moon in next to a planet it's gonna fuck up all the gravitational pull it's gonna throw off the waves it's gonna trash the planet right which creates a ton of energy and megatron reveals that apparently Cybertron has the ability to absorb sort of residual energy. It's like that seems to be how this plan but is going to work. It's just, yeah, I, I, they have the ability apparently to turn kinetic energy into yes. fuel. So Which why, is huge. So why, like, I don't know. They, sh- they shouldn't even need to do this. They, sh- they should no, already be. <laughs> uh, that little thing with the balls that clacks against each other, that should power fucking Transformers for millions of years. Like it's all, if all it needs is kinetic energy, there's a million ways to pull it off. But... You know, it's it's not the worst plan the show ever comes up with. It does kind of make sense scientifically if you allow for the fact that Cybertron can absorb all this sort of ambient energy in the world. Um, but well, most, well, we find most, out is that as they're pulling Cybertron through, if they don't complete, if they don't turn the entire the, the last pylon on of these three these three pronged space bridge, if they don't turn the last one on, uh, Cybertron will be destroyed. Yep. And so it has to go through. So when Optimus goes attacking, and the way they're both climbing up this mountain, I mean, it's like they're not both giant robots, and and it's like Megatron does not have the ability to fly. Oh, and the scale <laughs> like, is like, in, in this particular shot, like Optimus Prime is three times the size of Megatron. It makes no sense. It's just like gigantic. <laughs> I think they're trying to show scale, like he's close. But to Optimus is going to stop him, and he's, uh, and first of all, so <laughs> we were talking. Uh, earlier, uh, which is will uh, be on the bonus, which I don't know. We have, which you've either listened to already earlier, or you can listen to it on the bonus episode that'll be coming later on this week, where we were talking about Peter Cullen and his voice work. He does, uh, he does some interesting. Great. Vo- I think there's hire that guy forever. He's so great. You know what <laughs> he I mean? does some, he <laughs> does some interesting <laughs> voice work in this episode because <laughs> when when the Autobots first show up at the space bridge, he kind of lowers his voice. He's like Megatron, like he does, like. Uh, what what they would they have the gag of Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth in the Avengers uh, Infinity War? Or like, are you lowering your voice? 
Optimus does, his voice is a little lower when he's yelling at Megatron. I'm sorry, I just whacked my microphone. Uh, yelling at Megatron about, um, you know, hey, we're the Autobots, we're here to stop you. So that, But then later, at the end of this episode, Optimus, is, he's got Megatron in a chokehold. And he's like, we, we're winning, you're done. And then Megatron's like, oh yeah, well, if you stop me, then Cybertron will be destroyed. And Optimus immediately, as he does, just takes him at his word. Uh, but yeah, then he, his voice, he automatically, like, I, think, I think Peter Cullen overdoes it a little bit. Because all of a sudden, he just goes like, Cybertron? Just like, he gets a little... <laughs> <laughs> I know he's a just child. emotional. <laughs> yeah, he just turns into like a six-year-old. They just got told there's no ice cream. <laughs> well, if you want, uh, listen, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna fun. do some I'm gonna do some mental gymnastics here. Uh, going to the original mythology of the Transformers, when uh, Megatron was rising to power, Optimus Prime was also a fan. He was a either data clerk or cop, depending on what continuity you're looking at. But he was always a fan of Megatron. He thought it was cool what he was doing. He thought some things needed to change. So, if you really want to get crazy and granular, Optimus Prime has looked up to Megatron before. He's still in the process of adjusting to him as a piece of shit and like a despot. So he's, you know, in this moment, he's like, "Wait, are you really telling the truth right now? Is this like old school? Is this old school Megatron who I kind of believed in, or is this like killed the Senate Megatron when I realized I may have picked the wrong <laughs> horse? You know, so I, it wasn't the dumbest thing ever, but it kind of is the dumbest thing ever, depending on how you look at it. But um, I do kind of appreciate that, just in the sense that like we're still seeing a tiny bit of old school Optimus, which I always love, you know? So Optimus decides to potentially uh, to put the Earth at risk <laughs> to save Cybertron. He's like, well, there's a definite chance Cybertron will get destroyed. Eh, well, maybe we don't know about Earth getting destroyed. And then you see, finally, you see Cybertron coming into Earth's atmosphere and fucking shit up. Although, because we were wondering about like how big Cybertron was uh, in comparison to the Earth and stuff. And what you see in this shot at the, at the end of this episode is that it is significantly smaller than Earth's moon. Like yeah. not even like it's barely it's not even a dwarf planet. Like it is well and like the size I, the size they show in this in this shot. It's a space station. It would not affect for the sure. Earth's gravity. It is not big enough <laughs> of any of that no, at all. And like it and Cybertron should be small, but the other problem that I have with the cartoon is they always show Cybertron as like 75% of it being blown off, which makes no sense because, like, that yeah. is the planet wouldn't maintain integrity. So, and the, in the comics and stuff, it's just like a whole, it's just a ravaged planet, but it's still whole. It's a lot weirder to show, like, but you can also see, yeah, like, a, you could see, like, one of the road, one of the main roads yeah. from space, like, no, and then there's crazy. a giant, yeah, it's, and it's, it's just, it's poorly yeah, designed. No, it's the size of an Ikea. It's fucking ridiculous. But, like, it's, it's, it's not, so, so clearly it would not do shit to the Earth. <laughs> yeah, you know, you put a big enough meteorite in, in orbit. It'll still fuck some shit it's up. Not gonna, we've had, we have, as of yeah. right now, we actually have a meteorite. We have two moons. Yeah, exactly. At it would exact it wouldn't moment, and it ain't planet. doing shit. It's not doing no. a goddamn thing. But in this um, show, it definitely does. That's, that's actually how the episode ends. Is they brought in Cybertron, and then uh, the the Autobots are immediately like, "This is the last shot of the show." The Autobots are like, "Oh shit!" And the Decepticons are like, "Hooray!" And that's kind of where it ends. Now, we one thing see- we do find out, one thing we do find out though in this episode is um, that uh, Cybertron is coming from another galaxy. <laughs> that's Megatron not right. Does is that really true? That. Is that Megatron what they say? mentioned. Yeah, he's coming. It's coming. We we do realize that we Megatron says another galaxy. Another so we galaxy. find out that Cybertron is extra. We're we're it really did seem like it was especially it once was like a moon. twenty minute flight to get from fucking <laughs> yeah. Cybertron to Earth. They just like they barely made it off planet and they crashed into Earth. So like galaxy, I always started to think Cybertron was Pluto to be honest with you. But like I guess galaxy, fine, sure, why not? 
But, well, uh, it is the size of a dwarf planet. It could easily be easily be out there in the Kuiper Belt and not have been discovered. Yeah, which makes a lot more sense. But you know, yeah. we're we're getting into the like you know scientific uh, rationality. <laughs> so, uh, I literally I literally just watched this great uh mini series about the solar system on Curiosity Stream, which is a great another great streaming service. In addition to Tubi, which we're watching the the um, Transformers on right now. By the way, Tubi uh, still has uh, Transformers and GI Joe. No longer has He Man or Voltron on it, but does have Robotech as of as of this recording. Awesome. You can see Jetfire in there. Wait, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. So um, that's where this episode ends. Uh, Cybertron has been brought in the atmosphere. Everything is all fucked up. Optimus feels pretty stupid, as he should. Dr. Archerville is still alive, still serving the Decepticons. Uh, a bunch of crazy shit is going on. We'll see what happens next time, but it is a bad state of uh, being for Two the Autobots. Two yeah, more parts. Two more parts, but this is a firm Decepticon win. Uh, and, and the only honestly, thing... It's almost like a four or five part because there's a couple episodes like Archibald shows up in an episode or two after this. And it really feels like the same thing. Just kind of like this is kind of this is the beginning of the arc that closes out the whole season. The first season with maybe uh, with a quick Insecticon uh, uh, (laughs) amuse-bouche. Wow. Wow. Everybody take your time to Google that. And uh, all right. Good. Okay, great. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Um, it was a pretty great episode, but yeah, we got two more parts coming up. First three-parter, I love this one. So we got some really cool shit coming up ahead of time. Uh, I'm really excited about this next one, but that is where we leave you now, anyway, folks. So, uh, yeah. Impending uh, apocalypse. So, we can only assume the Earth gets destroyed. Yeah, obviously. I mean, we're, we're recording this from uh, some sort of a sanctuary <laughs> moon base. Yes. <laughs> after Earth got destroyed <laughs> yeah. by the space bridge. But, uh... Yeah, thanks, kids, for listening. Once again, please tell your friends, share, you know, any Transformers fans or just 80s dorks, you know, let them know about us and uh, follow us on Instagram at OPT Podcast. You look for us on Facebook. You can just search for Optimus Primetime or just go to Facebook.com slash OPT Podcast. And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review us. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, we're all over the place. And I... um, I think we're going to have some uh, bonus material coming up and some other cool shit coming your way pretty soon. But, of course, I mean, the coolest, the thing that we're all looking forward to is The Ultimate Doom Part 2 next week on an all-new Optimus Prime Time. More than meets your ears. Say goodnight, Justin. Good night, everybody.